And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And thank you, Raptors fans, for tuning in once again. Because this... <laughs> again, I, I've been saying this lately a lot. After a run of just very ugly games, there's at least been interesting games. If you are a fan of the Toronto Raptors. In this game tonight... Despite it being a loss, I feel as if there's a lot that people will want to talk about. And this is the place to do it. Again, this is a Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show, which we stream live after each and every Toronto Raptors game. You can find us streaming live on Twitter. You can find us streaming live on Instagram. You can find us streaming live on YouTube. You can find us streaming live on Twitch. Check us out on the new Twitch channel, which is at On Blast Podcast. But all of those places, we got you covered for this, as always, your Toronto Raptors post-game talk. And we take your comments and questions because this is about you, Raptors fans. I really want to hear what you guys are thinking right now because I feel like the, the wave of emotions that Raptors fans have been going through the last little while... When you add in the trade deadline, is Kyle going to go? Is Kyle going to stay? Then when you talk about, do people want to tank? Who are you going to take in the draft? Then the reality of, well, you're only a couple games out of the play-in tournament. What does that mean? Then you add in the COVID stuff. Then you add in Siakam struggles. Then you add in Gary Trent Jr. just taking over the world. <laughs> or at least the city of Toronto. Needless to say, there's just a lot going on in Raptor land, and this is why we are here, to discuss all that and more. By the way, if you ever miss a pod, know you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, the aforementioned YouTube. Like and subscribe. That's how you support the movement that is this, the Wrap It Up post-game show, part of the On Blast podcast network. Raptors lose. Raptors lose. Raptors lose 102 to 96. 23 points for Gary Trent Jr., 17 for Kyle Lowry in his return. That's not what people are talking about right now. And I mean, let's let's I'm going to get right to some comments here because the way how that game ended. We'll just jump right to the end cuz that's what I know everyone wants to talk about right now. And my Twitter mentions are lit up. The YouTube chat is lit up. And people want to talk about one man and one man only, Pascal Siakam. And it's very interesting because before this game started, I was having a conversation with a couple friends at work. And I was saying I found it so interesting what's going on right now in Raptorland. And what's going on in Raptorland is that the fan base, I think, is slowly turning on Pascal Siakam. And I'm not saying it's the entire fan base. I'm not saying that I am turning on Pascal Siakam. I'm saying the vibes that are out there. And this was before this game. So let's, I'm going to go to some comments right now because we know what just happened, right? The Raptors had a chance to tie the game late. They get the steal. They get the turnover they need with just seconds left. Kyle Lowry dribbles the ball up the floor. Raptors on a fast break. He finds Pascal Siakam driving down the lane. And Siakam double dribbles, 
turns the ball over, Raptors lose. I'm going to start here and, and emphasize this point. Did the Raptors lose because of Pascal Siakam's turnover late? No, that's not why they lost. Did the Raptors lose because Pascal Siakam started off this game really poorly and struggled? No, I'm not going to say that's the whole reason why the Raptors lost. But it is part of the reason why the Raptors lost. I'm going to get to some comments here because a lot of people are in my mentions right now. And I just tweeted out late in that game. I just tweeted out Pascal and uh, bruh. Because I don't know what that was. But on that tweet, I just got all caps from my guy Trizzy that just says, all ha 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 ha's. <laughs> Followed by more ha 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 ha's. Ricardo says, I want to see Pascal in the gym 24-7 during the offseason, nonstop drills, and go get some professional help to see what's affecting him mentally. Now, first off, let me address the end part of that. I find it very unfair for people to try to assume what's going on with my guy mentally. We know he just came back from COVID. He talked about how difficult that situation was for him. He also talked about how difficult the pandemic as a whole has been for him. And so I think people got to take it a little easy when you, when you, you know, pump the brakes on that talk, right? You got to remember, yes, it's sports. Yes, we love sports. We root for players. We want our team to win. We want our team to succeed. But let's pump the brakes on some of these comments, right? People understand what I'm saying there? Like, I get it. He's not playing well, but hey, uh, friends who are familiar with the on blast network, Mr. Andrew Webster checks in and says there is in caps, no reason this team should be playing for anything besides a top five pick in the draft. <laughs> Mr. Webster doing what he does best trolling. And it's very easy for him to do that right now because his Sixers are playing well. More comments though. <laughs> I can't re Oh, Henson says, Pascal is all about the fade for Cade movement. As I go over to Instagram, Diaz says 30 mil for what? Uh, another comment says Pascal Sukiakum. I don't even know. I'm trying to pronounce that. I'm reading all these comments to, to just emphasize this point. And I thought this before, like, it's on, I mean, we were talking about it earlier today before this game even started. I was saying, I think people are turning on Pascal and nothing in this Knicks game did anything to help Pascal's cause here. And, and this is what I'm going to say, okay? This, and I, I alluded to this on last podcast as well. So it's funny we're here talking about the same thing, but it doesn't have to be someone else's team or Pascal's team. Pascal Siakam can still be a piece of whatever this team is going forward. And turning on Pascal Siakam and piling on Pascal Siakam is not going to help. And I think the reason why I'm here and I'm kind why I'm here in this viewpoint and I'm here, you know, <laughs> am I am do I see the same struggles? Yes. But I've always had the mentality or I've always had the question is Pascal the guy y'all think he is? Because I think he's a good player. I just think that with the max money came max expectations. And I don't think he was ever going to live up to those expectations. That just wasn't his game. It just wasn't 
what it was going to be. Pascal Siakam is a very, very good player, but was he going to be the best player on a team that is competing for a championship? I don't know. I never really bought into that. Now, obviously, he could still prove me wrong. His career's not over. There's been a lot going on over the last year, and for Siakam himself, there's been a lot going on over the last three weeks. Remember, my guy is still coming back from COVID. Talked about how much weight he lost. Talked about how much he struggled with that. And these are not excuses. I'm just presenting the facts on both sides. Because the reality is, while you do have that side of it, the context of the rest of the season still involves Pascal struggling to start the year. The context from the rest of the season still involves Nick Nurse benching Pascal in the fourth quarter twice. Pascal being held out of a whole game in terms of discipline because they weren't happy with the fact that he left the bench after fouling out in another game. Also, we got to remember this whole Nick Nurse, Pascal Siakam beef that, you know, they're, they both say they're past it now, but it's still a thing that happened. So there's been a lot going on with Pascal Siakam this season and none of it's been good. Or I'll say not a lot of it's been good because everyone's going to point to the missed shots at the end of games. People are going to point to, obviously, this is going to be another moment in that because it was just a bad play. And the shots that surround it, like <laughs> I talk a little bit about my new job in terms of putting together the Raptors opening. And I'm just looking at, you know, thinking if the next game was on our network and, I, and those shots of Kyle Lowry after the pass, the look on Kyle's face. Or Freddie on the sidelines just holding, consoling Pascal Siakam. Oof. Oof. Like those shots are going to be in the story that sum up this Raptors season. That's how tough of a moment this is for Pascal Siakam. This just adds into the tough season for Pascal Siakam as well. And... I don't know where the whole fan base is. The reason why I'm not completely shitting on Pascal Siakam, like I feel like the majority of the fan base is right now, is because my expectations for Pascal just weren't as high as everyone else's to begin with. And again, we're talking about when you get, got the max bag and being the star player and being the number one. I never thought that. Now, just because you're not a number one doesn't mean that you're not a good player. Doesn't mean that you can't be a key piece to a championship team, right? So just think about the levels and the margins we're playing in right now. Nowhere am I saying Pascal Siakam is not good. Nowhere am I saying that the Raptors are screwed. I'm not saying that at all. Pascal Siakam is still a really, really good player. I just think there's a lot of reality checks that people are getting this season in terms of adjusting your expectations for what you think Pascal Siakam is or where he can lead this team. I'm just saying. But let's let's go through. Do we want to go through a little bit of the game? Or do people want to just continue to crap on Pascal? Let me get to some comments. And then I'll go through a bit of the game here. Bob says Siakam carried the Knicks all game long. Uh, interesting point there. I mean he did start what? 1 for 11 I think. Or 0 for 11 he might have started in this game. Came on in the second half. Played a bit better. Late as the game progressed, but that final stat line of 5 of 18 for 16 points and 7 assists and 2 blocks. And this is after the Raps rested you the night before. 
So they held him out of the game last night in hopes that he'd have a lot more in the tank for this game. It didn't really work out that way. Now, again, this is why, and I'm bringing up the COVID thing. I'm not making up excuses. I'm bringing this up because I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough when you hear Jason Tatum, when you hear um, Drew Holiday, and you hear those athletes talk about how much they struggled since they came back. And even though you're playing, your, your breathing is still not the same. Your conditioning is still not the same. It takes a while for your body to adjust. So I'm bringing it up for context, not excuses, because there's still a lot of things that happen throughout this season that add into the struggles for Pascal Siakam. But yeah, 16 points, 5 of 18 shooting is not going to cut it. 1 of 5 from 3-point land is not going to cut it. And that turnover late, I mean, yeah. That's you would dream of that if you're the Toronto Raptors. And keep it a buck, the play before where kudos to Nick Nurse for drawing up such a great play in which, and this might be a little too inside basketball here, but follow me for a sec, Raptors fans. The play before where the Raptors are down, I think they were down four. They call the timeout and they take, I think it was Kyle, and they put him all the way in the backcourt, right? And what that does is you remove Kyle, but Kyle's defender also goes with them. So now when they inbound the ball to Pascal at the top of the key, right? Do, some, do the quick math now. Instead of having all those defenders in the lane and right in front of the basket to play defense, now you've removed one defender because they're all the way at the other end of the court covering Lowry. You have the other defender that's on the inbounder. And that only leaves Siakam and his guy. And then two other help defenders that are pushed all the way to the corner. So what does that mean? Siakam has all the room in the world to operate, get by his guy, and get to the basket. And even those help defenders, they got to go a little extra distance to get there to help. And that little extra distance caused the goaltend. Great play designed by Nick Nurse. But Pascal doing what he should have done in terms of going strong to the basket. And he was rewarded for that. So it's not all bad. But that last play was horrible. <laughs> like, it's not all bad, but that last play was horrible. I, I can't duck that. That was just bad. And, I mean, my group texts, if I, the things that I won't read on <laughs> in a public forum, people are turning on Pascal Siakam. I'll continue with the comments here. Uh, this one from Instagram. I'm the only one that believes Gary Trent Jr. doesn't get a lot of shots because his teammates don't give him the ball much. Uh, not just tonight, but generally the last couple of games. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think he's coming off a 44-point night, so he got the ball that time. I don't know if in this game I would say that. There were a couple plays late down the stretch. Uh, Malachi hoist, hoisted a three at one point where he could have swung it over to Gary. But I think Gary Trent Jr. missed he missed a key three down the stretch as well. So, I mean, I don't know if that's the answer. I think just a bad start is really what did the Raptors in a bad start for Pascal, but also for the team. I think that was really the problem. Raul says we should give Siakam until the end of the season to see if he shows up. If he doesn't, it's time to build around Gary, OG, Fred, and Flynn. See, this is a talk I'm talking. This is what I'm speaking of. You're not going to give up on Pascal Siakam. Are you people are ready to give up on Siakam. This is where we're at. Oof. I know it's been a tough go for my guy, but 
I keep stressing this. He can still be a piece. I know it's tough to do because he's getting the max bag. And with the max bag comes max expectations. But the reality of it is you can't take that back at this point. So you just got to adjust and continue to build around him and hope that you're able to figure it out, right? Able to figure out the pieces surrounding Siakam because he can still be a key part of a championship team. You know how I know that? Because we've already seen it. <laughs> so, so I know you don't have the player right now that is, you know, Kawhi, but give it some time. Let some things develop. Let Masai continue to acquire assets the way that Masai and Bobby have shown that they can and let it ride out. I don't know if you give up on Siakam yet. I just think, you know, he's had a really tough go. Like someone's in the chat saying Pascal should be sent back to the G League. There's an LOL, so I get it's tongue in cheek, but come on. Nate says, thanks Pascal for the loss. Again, that's super harsh. Jody says, why can't Siakam, why can Siakam never drive manual? Because <laughs> he's got no clutch. <laughs> you know, that's actually pretty funny. Slow clap for that one, Jody. Slow clap for that one. Susan says, tough loss. Putting three new guys on the same team, or sorry, at the same time, dug us in a big hole as it happens often lately. We made it fun to watch, but didn't get the W in an admirable effort by most of the team. I thought there were a lot of good things to take away from this. I Well, did Baines play at all? Hold on, let me look at the box score because I'm pretty sure I didn't see Baines. No, Baines did not play. So that is one positive. I had thought in seriousness, I'm joking about Baines, I know. But Ken Birch, you know, you saw him get some minutes. You see little flashes, right? And obviously on offense, there were parts where he didn't look like he knew what he was doing because how would he know some of the plays? He just got here. But I think defensively, Leo was pointing this out, and it was so true. Just about you see the flashes on defense, how he can get out on the perimeter. He can show on, on perimeter players, force them to make a decision. It's not just blow by City. But then he can also help and recover back to the basket, You know, whether it's protecting the rim, whether it's just showing and being a big body. I thought that was key. And the bench guys... I think were the thing that brought the raps back. When you had Birch out there with Wantanabe, you had Flynn out there late. Those guys brought the raps back and gave the starters when Kyle and uh, Gary Trent Jr. and Pascal came back in, they were well within striking distance. And it was all in that fourth quarter because your young gunners, your bench, I'm not going to use the term bench mob, not going to do it, but those guys came in and they gave great minutes. They played defense. Wantanabe is, you know, as much as I feel like people might be turning on Pascal, Wantanabe is out here becoming a fan favorite. And he's the type of guy that always does become a fan favorite in Toronto in terms of, you know, the hustle player, the grind it out. He's always playing defense, trying hard, you know. Toronto likes that kind of guy. And Utah... He's out there busting his ass, and so Nurse is always going to turn to him, especially when they need energy, especially when things are stalling, and it worked. It really did work. So I thought there were bright sides. There were positives to take away from this game. I feel like, you know, Gillespie gives you some minutes, and he just bangs around. He's a big body. He knows what he's doing in that nature, which 
you know, Baines kind of figured it out as he was lessened in the minutes that he was getting. But I thought those were good signs. Another good game from uh, your man's Malachi Flynn. I thought he gave solid minutes. I know the numbers might not show that, but I thought he had flashes where he continued to look good. He got some minutes deep into the fourth quarter, which I thought were was really important as well. So it's not all like negative news. And of course, if you're part of the Tank Nation, definitely you guys are happy with the result. Glow Girl Smile, another comeback only to lose in the last minute. This is one of their best second games of a back-to-back of the season. Could have definitely used OG and Freddie. 1,000%. I think, you know, you look at the Raps and, and you think the Toronto Raptors struggled in this game for sure, for the majority of it. And Nick Nurse tried. He tried, you know, the Raps tried to rest Pascal in the first half of the back-to-back, rest OG in the second half. Kyle came back, so I think they were better suited to compete in the second night of a back-to-back, right? You cheated a bit of your depth in terms of resting some guys. They came close. They came close. Just didn't have enough. Aisha says, there uh, there were these lineups in the game that got me thinking. Are we secretly tanking while talking about winning culture? (laughs) So... There were some very interesting lineups. And I mean, there was one at one point, I think it was like Gillespie was out there with um, Kem Birch and Malachi and Bembry. And it was just like, hmm, all right. And I think at this point, if you're Nick Nurse, we know the Baines experiment is over, right? You bring in two other big guys, you're not going to see much more of Aaron Baines. So you might as well throw in Throw them to the Wolves. Throw in Gillespie. Throw in Kem Birch. Let them cook. Kyle Lowry's just coming back after a long stint with injury. Freddie's still out. So you're going to see Malachi get some burn. And Gary Trent Jr. still brand new. So you're going to have a lot of weird lineups. I don't know if... And, and maybe this is a bigger point about the whole tank thing. The Raptors, just by nature of having not a lot of depth... They might tank without trying to actually tank. Because they don't have a lot of depth. So once you get to your bench, once you're trying to spread things out because this week goes back-to-back, you have a day off, then another back-to-back. I mean, that's a tough stretch. And so you're going to try to see how you can cheat some depth, give some guys some rest, give some guys a night off. And you're just seeing that once you get deeper and deeper into the bench... It's tough sledding. Very tough sledding. Lucas says, at least we're not Boston or Sacktown. I don't know what that means, but uh, maybe that's in reference to how much uh, those teams have been struggling, but they have like massive expectations. Actually heard, never mind, I was going to say something, but disregard. More comments. Eddie says, whenever Kyle plays, we lose, period. I just think that the Raptors have lost a lot this season, period. I don't know if you can put that on Kyle. Although, uh, my boy Trizzy has a theory that Siakam's helping the tank, man. Ali says, damn, Siakam can't get out of his own way. Kyle made an amazing steal, which will get overshadowed by Siakam hate, unfortunately. Yep, we are there. We are definitely there. K2's Garnett, Siakam, you're my guy. 
and Raps fans have been tough on you, but come on, man. You can't get backcourt for a dunk in crunch time. I mean, oh, can't get back cut for a dunk in crunch time. Agreed. That can't happen. But that's also why Nurse gets frustrated at times, right? It's those little lapses that in big moments become big lapses. But also, he doesn't want to see that stuff from one of the leaders of his team. Especially when you got guys behind you like Utah, especially when you got hustle guys like that that aren't taking those, you know, little breaks off. You got a man like Boucher who's crashing the glass all the time. So think about this, right? Chris Boucher has 17 points, 14 rebounds in this game. Pascal Siakam paid 36 minutes in this game. 36 minutes had zero rebounds. Chris Boucher played 30 minutes in this game, had 14 rebounds. These are the things that I'm sure Nick Nurse is going to look at the stat sheet. And if he talks to Pascal or whoever talks to Pascal, that's what they're going to point out. You can't play 36 minutes at the forward spot and have zero rebounds. Again, that's not ripping Pascal. That's just giving facts. That's just facts. Or as I've been saying lately, show me the lie. Show me the lie. Yeah. Lucas says the Knicks are pretty good this year. I mean, the Knicks are all right, but the Raps still could have won that game. They really could have. We didn't even mention the rain delay. Yo, the rain delay was mad weird. Like, the fact that I'm even... There's a term rain delay for a basketball game is strange. But maybe that bought the Raps some time and allowed them to regroup. I don't know. I lost my spot in the chat. There's so many comments. I'm, I'm trying to scroll and go through. I lost my spot though. Trying to get it back. Jeremy says they always find a way to outdo themselves in these difficult situations. That was a struggle for sure. I mean, Pascal, I feel bad for him, man, because that shot, that play, he's going to see that shot. Like, think about it. Every time they do a recap of the Raptors season or they do a recap of Pascal Siakam's struggles in the clutch, you're going to see that play. And that was a really, really, like, that's not a missed shot. People can live with that. That play, though, shows me you're in your head and you're just thinking way too much. Mark says, Sheldon, I know you're not feeling the purple jersey, but I'm loving the purple. Original color of the team. Siakam is two years away from being two years away. <laughs> um, do you mean two years away from being two years away from the Raptors? <laughs> or do you mean two years away from being two years away as they intended it to mean for Bruno Caboclo from being, you know, a good player, which didn't really happen. But that moment lives forever. And the funny thing is the two years away from being two years away is the part that everyone remembers from that draft analysis of Bruno Caboclo. But the part that always got me was the description of the Brazilian Kevin Durant. <laughs> That's the part that always got me. Not the two years away from being two years away. I was like, hold on, the Brazilian KD? What are, what are we doing right now? <laughs> I always find that part funny, and no one mentions that. We always talk about two years away from being two years away. No one remembers the first part of that clip, which was the Raptors just drafted the Brazilian KD. <laughs> Yo. Oh, man. I'm so happy for that championship because that championship lessens the burn of some of those moments in Raptors history because that is one of the great moments in Raptors history. And by great, I'm obviously being sarcastic. but. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Now that the Raps won a chip, all those moments you look back on now and, and you find them funny. The Brazilian Kevin Durant. And he's two years away from being two years away. Man. Jordan says, double dribble, dude. That's it. It's over for Pascal. Come on, guys. It's not over for Pascal. Relax, relax, relax. Ali says, how did that Malachi 3 get reversed? Rarely do you see that, especially in the fourth. Tough break again. Uh, yeah, that was a weird one. And it's tough. I feel bad for, for Matt Devlin and Leo and everyone, really, because normally they're courtside. So they would be aware. They'd be able to ask the ref. The ref would give them an explanation. They would be, you know, hand in hand. They'd be right there with the process as it was all happening. Instead, you're watching off a monitor. You come back from break and then you hear over the loudspeaker. They've taken away three points from the Raptors. And it's like, wait, what? So, strange play, but on the replay, you can see that he stepped out of bounds. And that is something that you're able to review. And the way that it does work is it ha the same thing whether, you know, you step on the line for a two or a three. The refs are able, at the next stoppage of play, to go back and look at a three-pointer to see if it was, a, in fact, a three-pointer. You're right. It's a rare play and a strange play. It screwed the raps. Uh, K2's Garnett fans are ungrateful though and OAC the bad Siakam is going to be and the good or sorry OAC the bad Siakam and he's going to be good and we have a squad I agree Isaiah says he's not a max player I mean he's the Raptors max player as we speak but I I, I understand the point it's funny though to go back I was talking about this with Webby a while ago the video, we did a video a couple times, which maybe I should repost, from when the Raptors signed Pascal to the max money. And that was a question. The video's titled, Is Pascal Siakam a Max Player? And, you know, I remember I said then I had to, I had to recalibrate just my thoughts on what a max player is because at that point in time, they had to sign him. His, he and his agent had all the leverage in the world. You're coming off a championship. My guy played well in the championship. Kawhi was leaving. Um, you have to still remember that that vibe out there in terms of the Raptors didn't take care of DeMar. They traded DeMar and turned their back on one of their guys. Like, we all know that that's not the case and that's not what happened. But still, remember how bad that was in the 10 million interviews DeMar did just slandering Masai and the organization. So, like, you add all those things up. On top of the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, Ben Simmons and Jamal Murray are also from that same draft class and they got the max bag and they didn't have the playoff success at the time and still don't. I mean, Jamal Murray had a big time playoff last year in the bubble, but Pascal was out here balling in the finals. So again, the Raps kind of had to give him that money. Now, in that video, and it's one thing I've had to, you know, come to grips with, and I've repeated multiple times, but I had to really take a step back and think, Max player, like, I think KD, I think LeBron, I think Anthony Davis, and I get that, but the way that the salary cap works is every team has the ability to give out a max contract, and so it's not scaled against a player, it's scaled based on the team. Meaning that, you know, if you're on Sacramento 
your max player is going to be different than the Brooklyn Nets max player. That's just the nature of the cap. That's how it all works. I don't know, Raptors fans. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But again, I just keep saying, adjust your expectations for what you think Pascal Siakam is. Because I had to do that. And I did that from the start of last season. So, yeah. Tough going. Nate says, how the heck did Pascal not even get one rebound? That's very tough. And I, I don't have the question. I don't have the answer to that. That's a tough one. Uh, Lucas says, I don't think he's being used correctly. It's not his fault. He's relatively young in his basketball career. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Uh, hold on. Does he say he thinks Pascal should start at the five? I don't know about that because you need rebounding. Um, Pascal, the, the tough part is I think when the Raps give Pascal the ball in ISO situations, I don't think that's his best skill set. I also don't think he should shoot that many threes. I understand if he's wide open and the ball gets swung to him and he's taking a three, cool. I have no issues with those shots. But I think when he's dribbling and and shooting step back threes or stepping into threes or pulling up on the break, I don't think that's a good look. I think the success of Pascal Siakam during that season with Kawhi, I just think he ran the floor he was cutting to the basket. It was a lot of those type of plays. He got himself in trouble and continues to get himself in trouble when he's trying to do too much. And I get it. I get what happened. Kawhi left. He got a max contract. And everyone thought that one plus one was going to equal two in terms of, oh, well, now Kawhi's gone. That's just going to be Pascal. And it doesn't really work like that. And we're just in the process of finding that out. When you also add in everything that's gone on away from basketball in the last year and a half, two years, wherever we're at here. I'll keep going, though. I know the pod will keep it going because there's enough comments here. People are fired up. It was an interesting game. Lots of talking points. So I'll keep going with the comments and says Pascal needs a new trainer, someone who can help him with his confidence and strength. No, 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 no. I'm not going to Rico Hines is that dude. Rico Hines built Pascal's skill set. I think, you know, the team needs to be recalibrated in terms of the depth chart. And I mean that from top to bottom in terms of who gets the ball when, what's the pecking order, what's the hierarchy. I think everyone assumed that Pascal is the man, Pascal gets the most shots, Pascal gets the ball in crunch time. And I just don't think that's what's best for this Raptors team. Just my opinion. Again, that doesn't mean that he's a bad player, doesn't mean that he's not good, doesn't mean that he won't be and can't be a key contributor to this team if they are going to be great in the future again. I just don't think he's that dude that, you know, he's the guy, he's the man that's going to carry you places. I don't think that's it. Uh, What else do we got here? More comments. I'm, I'm skipping through. I'm trying to get some different peeps here. Katrina says, thanks for saying, uh, let me read this. This has nothing to do with the game, but have you guys seen the protests in Montreal for the curfew? It's getting wild. I have not seen it, but uh, yeah. I read that comment only because I started reading it and couldn't stop. I was already through and just continued it, but I haven't seen it. Um, I hope everyone manages to stay safe. I'll say that much more comments. It's unfortunate, an unfortunate end, but the game 
an unfortunate end to the game, but a lot of positives to take. Utah being more aggressive, Malachi blossoming into a game manager before our eyes, Cam Birch minutes, Gary Trent Jr. taking over in the third. Yeah, I, I love the positive signs from Gary Trent, right? Gary Trent Jr. took over in that third quarter. I think he had 14 points, which kept the Raptors alive, kept them within striking distance. And I thought that was really key. I thought that was a good call. And, you know, I love his confidence because he didn't start off shooting the ball well, but it didn't matter. Didn't matter at all. Once he got his opportunity, he's confident that, you know, he'll get the ball again and the shot will go down eventually. Dub C, WC is the name, but I shorten that to Dub C because it makes me think of West Side Connection. But anyways, uh, this comment says, Pascal needs to watch some KG tapes or even Bosch. He's a Sean Marion. First off, I'm not going to diss Sean Marion like that. I think Sean Marion was a solid player. But, I mean, hey, at the same time, Sean Marion having his own team, maybe Sean Marion is a pretty good example, actually. Because Sean Marion paired beside Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash was great. He ran the floor. He shot open jumpers. But he was just super athletic, super bouncy, played great defense. But he also wasn't the man on his team. Interesting comparison. In terms of Chris Bosh, find it funny because people who followed the Raptors way back when know that Chris Bosh, Chris Bosh's coach was Sam Mitchell, who I guess people watch now on TSN. But Sam Mitchell obviously was KG's OG in Minnesota. KG's rookie year, Sam Mitchell was his vet. And so very often, very often, Sam Mitchell would reference KG to a young Chris Bosh and try to gas him up and, and put more beast in Chris Bosh. Gas him up to go to the basket and play hard. So I find that that's a pretty interesting, you know, comparison. Because one of the things Sam was always on Chris for, which would make sense for Pascal now too, is consistently driving to the basket and getting to the free throw line. Which we've seen flashes of from Pascal but probably not as much as Nick Nurse or the fan base would like to see. Uh, Jordan says, if we want to win, Pascal needs to not be a piece. Oof, I think that's kind of tough. That's a tough sell right there. I don't know. I don't know if I could say that right now. I think he can be a piece. I just think, again, chill on your expectations for what you think uh, Pascal Siakam can be. Whoa, these comments are filling up. And every time I start scrolling... Every time I start scrolling, I end up losing my spot. It's so funny how many uh, comments there are right now. So I'll keep going and I'll try to get to them all. Let's keep this train going. Someone saying they trade Pascal for Zach Levine straight up. I don't know if Chicago would do that. I don't know if the Raptors should do that. That's an interesting one. It's very interesting, actually, now that I think about it. But I don't know if Chicago would do that right now. Zach Levine seems to be you know, at the peak of his powers right now, Siakam is not. So again, yeah, I don't know if Chicago would do that right now. Uh, where else are we here? Oh, Nate saying he's a good second or third option, just not a primary, just not a primary role. Interesting. Uh, what else we got? Alan says, Ooh, I'm not reading that one. Come on guys. I'm not, I'm not going to be out here talking about... Yeah, anyways. Nate says, even DeRozan hit a game winner tonight. I can't lie. I did send that in the group text. 
and just said, hey, maybe this guy could be our closer. <laughs> Remember him? <laughs> Let me switch over to YouTube or uh, to Twitter. We got some comments in the Twitter stream. Matthew says, Trent is the man. And then says, the real ones, he says, nah, real ones ain't turning on Pascal. Interesting. My guy LT says, Pascal saw Trent Jr. And he knew he couldn't pass it to him for another game winner. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. Would have just, they know, snapped himself out of existence. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. Oh, man. LT, you got me there. You got me there. Uh, Matthew asking, what about Bembry had zero points? It's tough, right? The Raptors rotations when everyone's in the game, in the lineup, it's tough for Bembry to see Bembry minutes, you know, because they start to decline at a certain point. Just who, how Nurse wants to to play them, right? Uh, Brenda says the bench bought the team back. They deserve to be, they deserve to close the game, in my opinion. That's a tough one. I mean, the bench did a good job, but I will say they did more. They did a really good job on the defensive end. I don't know if I'll I'll say this. I'll I never have a problem with a coach turning back to the starters. Now I know there's certain points where that didn't happen this year, and I know there's certain points where you know Nurse said, "Yeah, just let the bench guys go because they brought us back," and I totally understand that mentality. I get it. I'll never argue with that point. But I also, you know, respect the fact that your starters are your starters for a reason. And so those are the people that most often than not, you should give the opportunity to in winning time. That's just me. More comments. Susan says the worst Pascal play, though not a key moment, was a double fumble leading to a turnover. Yeah, that wasn't good. Uh, Isaiah said even when he double dribbled, he wanted to smile. LOL. And says, Pascal is still developing. We need to exercise some patience. I agree with that. Aisha says, we all love Pascal. And also, he got to go back to, quote, before the bubble performance. We all know what he's capable of. Agreed. Jody says, I'm getting Bargnani vibes from Pascal post-Bosch era. Good player that we thought could be a first option, but not a leader and not one to elevate the team. I'm not going to put the Bargnani vibes on Pascal Siakam, but I will say this about Bargnani. I always think that the rest of the team, Bargnani could have been a piece. I firmly believe that. It just, he didn't really fit into the rest of the team properly. And by the time they figured out to just bring him off the bench and let him cook, it was too late. The fans were booing him every time he touched the ball. It was a wrap. So I'm just saying, don't do the same thing to Pascal. Let the man live. Give the man some time. Relax. So what? He's not a star player. You don't need him to be the star player right now because the rest of the team's still developing. The rest of the team's still coming along. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Another comment. Exposed for what y'all look... Uh, I don't even know what that says. Exposed for what? For what? Y'all are dumb. Look at those two wide open looks. Uh, he created that led to Flynn Bricks. They were wide open. Yeah, there were a couple plays Siakam made late. I'm not going to say that Siakam, you know, I'm not here slandering Siakam that much, man. Like, he's in a tough spot, and he's not playing well for sure. 
but I'm not done with Siakam. I might be done with Siakam as people thinking of him being like the star max, max, max player. But it's just me. It's just me. I also forgot the comments when I was going through comments earlier. Um, I forgot about the one I saw that had, uh, is from Deza Samero or who was it? Was it Mero? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Who we know? Yeah, it was Mero. That just, it was just all the LMAO, bro, what was that? With the crying, laughing emoji after Pascal turned the ball over. Oof. Owen says, which one do you think will happen first? The Leafs breaking their Stanley Cup drought or Pascal making a game winning slash tying shot? Yo. As a Toronto fan, that hurts my feelings, man. Come on. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. He didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do that. That hurt my feelings. Really, really did, man. <laughs> Cut to the core. Leafs trying to make some moves. Leafs are trying to get there. Leafs are trying to get there. Glow Girl Smile points out Pascal also lost a lot of weight, which is true, which is very true. And again, this is context. Context doesn't necessarily have to mean excuses, people. We're allowed to have conversations. We're allowed to present all sides of an argument or all sides of a conversation because it doesn't have to be an argument, right? Ali says, I don't even start Pascal is a, I don't even want to start Pascal is a far cry from Bargiani. <laughs> Isaiah says, he said Bargiani vibes, not a clone. <laughs> I mean, fair. Is that is that the levels? The difference between Bargiani vibes and being a Bargiani clone? I guess I got to look up that definition. Another comment says, this is Trent and Fred Van Vliet's team. Siakam ain't built like that. Oof. I feel like that's a, that sums up a lot of people's mentalities. I mean... I will say it's a different kind of dude. It's a different kind of player as we've seen, but oof, that's a tough one. Uh, let's see. The goal 10 was also a foul, but whatever. You can't tell me the player knows the refs are going to screw them. Sanjay says New York Knicks might make the playoffs. This is truly a weird season. That part is definitely true. Oh, Ali is clarifying. He says, not even vibes. Pascal can play defense and is a champion. I think people forget how bad Bargs was. People are so reactionary. It was a bad play for sure, but Bargs was co constant mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not bringing the Bargs vibes. I'm not. Aisha brings up the best point of them all. Let's sign Masai first. <laughs> right? let's get that going i i totally agree totally totally agree Ooh, i don't know about this one susan says pascal needs to pascal used to be like utah and see how much he improved the future is bright i i get what she's saying don't think of it as you know saying pascal and utah are the same dude i think used like utah is used in terms of remember pascal was the energy guy off the bench Hustling, playing defense, cutting to the basket, shooting the wide open. Well, actually, no, he didn't shoot the three early on. It's a very good point. You got to give these things time. So as much time as it took Pascal to develop into one of your main guys, you never know. It might take him some more time to develop into the guy. 
It just, will people be patient enough? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Jody says, nah, man, I'm just talking perspective and expectations from the front office and fans not comparing their games. Interesting. No, valid point. Very valid. Katie says, Pascal will be all right. Some people think he doesn't care now that he got the bag, but I think he cares a lot and puts a lot of pressure on himself. I would agree with that. Obviously, he still cares. I think there is a lot of, you know, with the bag came a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure to live up to that. And that's where you get the added context of just his, his rise to where he is now. All these things came quickly to him. And all these things he's had to adjust to on the fly. So maybe once we return to something that seems more like a regular season next year, you know, something that seems more like a regular offseason coming up, even though it's going to be pretty short, but still we get back to something that seems what his first few seasons in the league were like. Notice how I'm avoiding the term that people are. are yeah, anyways, but you know what I'm saying? MC says, when the fans, uh, what the fans loved about Pascal was in his rookie year was the hustle and running down the court and dunking it. He's playing with more refinement, but missing that raw energy. T.O. loves the hustle. Yeah, I think that's very much the same thing as what Susan was just talking about, how Utah was used and why people are falling in love with Utah Wantanabe because you see the hustle, you're seeing the defensive plays, you're seeing all that stuff. And Pascal took that leap, right? Became the second scorer behind Kawhi Leonard. And we saw that. But when you're the second scorer, it's a different kind of pressure because people aren't looking at you to do it night in, night out. And so when you struggle and you're supposed to be that dude, people are going to point at you. And that's kind of the, the place where people are at now with Pascal. Uh, Truth Bear said, what happened to the three-pointer when it was taken away from the Raptors? Uh, they showed it on the replay, and it looked like Malachi Flynn, as he came, came around the screen, he got the ball and stepped out of bounds. So his heel was out of bounds as he took the three-pointer. So they review it to make sure the three-pointer was good, and in fact, they found that it wasn't good, so you take the three points away. Uh, Herman says... Siakam needs to sit out the next game. Seriously, let's relax. Let's relax. Uh, Solomon says it makes sense for Pascal to be in his head in those situations because he's missed so many clutch shots. This doesn't mean he can't overcome this. Think of the narrative about Lowry in the playoffs. It's a very good point. We take a step back and remember some perspective, right? Jody, on the bright side, I do like seeing the flashes of potential from Flynn, Watanabe, and the new bigs. Also, of course, Trent, who I think is just more offensively sound. I can agree with that. Can definitely agree with that. Anne says, we don't have a championship aspirations this year. Pascal needs to spend time with a new unbiased trainer who can challenge him and make him stronger and build up his confidence. Uh, honestly, what I think is, you know, it's just been a year of chaos when you add in, you know, pre-bubble, 
Then you go into the bubble, the whole world shuts down, then you enter the bubble, then you have the very short offseason, then you have this condensed schedule, then he gets COVID. There's a lot of things going on. And not excuses, just context. And when you add all those things up and add them to, you know, the replays that we'll see of him missing all those game-tying shots, you know, he struggled to start this season, like, really badly. Then you add in tonight's game. It's just not a good look, and there's a lot going on for Pascal Siakam that I know a lot of people are are struggling with, and they wanna they wanna blame him because they want answers, and he's the one that makes the the big money. I get it, I understand all that, but just know that just because he's not the man doesn't mean that he can't still be a key piece to this team going forward. I know you want it to be more because he makes thirty mil a year. I get that, and I understand that. But maybe you have to look past that if we're going to be realistic going forward. MC says, Sheldon, you are always great at keeping it 100 in our championship year. You kept reminding us to enjoy the ride. I appreciate the comment. Um, and it was funny. I was talking about this very recently about how the championship year. And the reason why I was saying enjoy the ride was because you know, obviously we all knew what the situation was, didn't know how long Kawhi was going to be in a Raptors uniform. The Raptors had legit championship expectations and I just didn't know how long it would last for. But also I watched a lot of bad years of the Toronto Raptors for my job. Like I've worked in this, in the sports industry for, oh, since LeBron's rookie year, I think I was doing court cuts at the score. So, like, it's been a long, long time. So, I've seen a lot of bad Raptors teams. So, that was the whole thing about enjoy the ride. And, you know, the championship seat was so much sweeter when you enjoyed the ride. And so, now on the other side of it, when it's time to retool, it's time to rebuild, you got to remain that, you got to remain and keep that same perspective of, you know, it's a process. It's definitely a process. Dub C says, uh, was it Rico Hines? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Rico Hines was his trainer that, uh, Siakam was working with, but I wonder how much that changes now. Cause I'm pretty sure Rico Hines is an assistant coach with the Kings. Do I have that right? I think so. Uh, truth bear says maybe the best thing that could happen to Pascal would be to be traded to Sacramento or Rico Hines as a player development coach. Oof. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Now we're talking about trading Siakam. <laughs> Yo. Raptor fans. Raptor fans. Raptor fans. Uh, Jody says, how about we use Pascal the way we used Bosch? CB didn't dominate the ball, but was a great power forward. It's interesting. Uh, Ishmael says, Bosch was more clutch, especially in Miami. Oof. Yeah. I mean, Bosch, we forget now, but Bosch put in work for the Raptors. I think the problem with Chris Bosch was just the rest of the team wasn't good enough for Chris Bosch, right? Like he didn't have enough help around him, but Chris Bosch put in work. He had years where he was averaging 20 and 10, right? Like Chris Bosch had like sniffs of an MVP conversation for like half a season. <laughs> think about what I just said. <laughs> sniffs of an MVP conversation for half a season. Man, when you talk about the pre-championship Raptors, man, that's why I was saying enjoy the ride. <laughs> that's exactly why. Because those are the things we had to hold on to. Man. 
Uh, Pascal could have been what Aaron Gordon is for Denver right now. I guess too much pressure for him. Sometimes the pieces, you just got to recalibrate the pieces and figure things out because, you know, just how all these pieces are going to fit going forward. But I think at this point, it just got to be about accumulating assets. That's it. That's it. Another comment here on Instagram says, I don't want to hear anyone compare Siakam to Jason Tatum ever again. Yeah, I think that conversation was over from like last year's playoffs. No, I think so. I don't know. I, I thought that. Uh, a lot of Leafs talk breaking the, the Stanley Cup drought. I don't know how that entered the chat, but sure. Um, someone saying Kawhi deserved his jersey retired by the Raps and Spurs. Sure, no arguments from, from me there. Soldier T1 says, Trent for number one option. Siakam needs to, needs to go back to running the floor and playing defense. That's what got him the bag. Interesting. John says, Trent's own father talked about how he can't finish with his left hand well to become a number two or number one option. This offseason, he will have to work on it. He also has holes at a 22-year-old, so he's young. Yeah. I mean, have we talked yet about this Kawhi rumor to Miami next year? Remind me in a couple of pods. I won't talk about it now. I'll save that maybe for one of the pods when, you know, there's really nothing to talk about after the game because it got really ugly. But remind me to talk about this this rumor that's bubbling right now about Kawhi to the Miami Heat in the offseason. Oof. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? We've hit the, have we hit the hour mark on this pod? Wow. Guys, really appreciate all the comments and questions. You guys really did a great job. And hey, there were just a lot of things to talk about with this game. I mean, the Raptors lose 102 to 96 to the New York Knicks. We didn't even mention RJ Barrett, who I thought played really well and had a really, really, really big shot down the stretch that he hit that almost iced the game for the Raps. Or, sorry, for the Knicks. But at the end of the day, I mean, the Raptors were oh so close. They had a chance, but they just couldn't pull it out. And everyone wanted to talk about Pascal Siakam. Because Pascal Siakam, after sitting out the first half of a back-to-back, was ready and he was in the starting lineup for the second night of a back-to-back. But it did not go well. He started off slow in the first half and he finished off slow. In the middle wasn't too bad. What everyone is going to remember is the play late in the game. Raptors down by two. Kyle Lowry gets a steal. Leads a fast break. Finds Pascal Siakam who double dribbles. Turns the ball over. And the Raptors lose. Siakam finishes with 16 points on 5 of 18 shooting in this game. Played 36 minutes and had zero rebounds. Raptors fans are fired up. But all I'm saying, Raptors fans, my, le- my the last message I will leave you with on Pascal after this game is you just need to adjust your expectations. I understand he got the bag. I understand he makes the max. But that's just what happened at the time. Now, the situation the Raps are currently in, you got to adjust your expectations from what you want pa- from Pascal Siakam. Does he have to play better? Yes definitely but if you're expecting my guy to be dropping 25 a night you might need to change those expectations if you're expecting him to be the crunch time scorer 
and him to get the buckets late, you might need to adjust those expectations. But it's not all bad news, especially if you are someone that lives for Tank Nation as the Raptors fall 102-96 to the New York Knicks. On the plus side, you had Chris Boucher who finished with 17 points and 14 rebounds. Kyle Lowry returned to the lineup. He had 19 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Gary Trent Jr., your favorite Raptors' favorite Raptor, leading the way once again for the Raps with 23 points. And on the flip side, Julius Randle with the game-high 26. Raptors fall on the second night of a back-to-back as they now fall to 1-11 and on the season on the second night of a back-to-back. Been saying it all year. It's the biggest sign of a lack of depth. You lose a lot of games on the road. You lose the second night of back-to-backs because you lack depth. Raptors also had 17 turnovers, which led to 25 points. That's tough. They are right there, but couldn't get it done. We will be back for the next game, as we always are, right here on the Wrap It Up podcast, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. You can find us streaming live after each and every game on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on YouTube at Sheldon Alexander. Same thing for Instagram and on Twitch. You can find us on Blast Podcast. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. If you're a Raptor fan, you probably should enjoy this pod. If you're a real Raptor fan, if you're a diehard Raptor fan, that's who we do this podcast for. And if you ever miss a pod live, don't worry, we got you covered. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and the aforementioned YouTube. The YouTube chat, that's where this podcast lives. That's where the diehard fans are. And I urge you to like and subscribe on YouTube. Because what happens there is every time I go live, if you're subscribed, you get a notification that the show's starting. Also on YouTube, mostly with these smart TVs, now with your smartphones, you can cast it right to your TV. You can watch us on your TV. So, hey, we got options. Either way, however you choose to watch us, we appreciate that. And we thank you to everyone who tunes in to this, the Wrap It Up podcast, part of the On Blast podcast network. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.